Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is Seth Green, and I've got a record-setting interview today. And why am I saying record-setting interview? Because we've had, uh, I think we're over like 400 episodes now. We've had 10 to 12 guests who we liked so much, we brought them back for a second time. Chris Prefontaine is the only person in history of Sharkpreneur that we have brought back for a third time. So Chris is an expert in buying and selling on terms. What the heck does that mean? We're going to talk about that. He is a three-time bestselling author of Real Estate on Your Terms, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing, and Real Estate Investing for Women. He is the founder and CEO of SmartRealEstateCoach.com and the host of the Smart Real Estate Coach podcast. Full disclosure, I've been on their po- his podcast as well. Chris has been in real estate for almost 30 years, and he's got a unique niche that is probably the most undiscovered niche in the real estate investing world. And we wanted to bring him on now specifically because we're recording this during the height of the corona pandemic. And we obviously want to talk about how that affects the real estate market and how that opens up with, you know, 0% pretty much interest rates, some amazing opportunities for you to capitalize on, whether you are able to work, whether you are working from home or whether you are furloughed, we'll teach you how. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me back. I didn't realize I was the unique one on this. You are the only person we've had for the third time. And um, I'm honored. Yes. Thank you. Congratulations on that. All right. So for the people who did not hear the first two episodes, You should go back and listen to those. Go find them. However, we'll do a very, very, very short recap. How did you get into the real estate business? And then how did you discover this unique niche that most other people, even the real estate so-called gurus, the folks on the New York Times bestselling books and all that stuff, have never talked about? Yeah, uh, I've been at real estate since 1991. So I am dating myself. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, I, we've, we've dabbled in just about everything, Seth, as you recall, um, what got me into the terms world though, is the crash in 08. It made us literally forced us to re-engineer if we wanted to stay in the business, how we buy deals, uh, in terms to us means lease purchase with sellers or owner financing with sellers. Those are the two main ways without going crazy detail. All right. So for our, so terms. Owner financing, what does all that mean in English for our listeners who may not be familiar with it? So uh, lease purchase means I'll use a house because of the time we're in that maybe has little room for a seller to pay a realtor, even if they could get it sold, 
and doesn't want to do you know any kind of a short sale or anything crazy. They just want to be done and clean up their debt. So they have a house that's worth 250, say they owe 245. Uh, what we do on a lease purchase is we, on their behalf, pay the payment on the property on the underlying loan. Only after we find our buyer and place them in the home, the buyer that we place in the home is going to pay us monthly more than we're paying on the mortgage. And that takes care of the seller. To continue that deal, we get three paydays, not just the second one, which is money in, money out, a little bit, a little bit less. Uh, it is upfront down payment from buyer. So we make sure it is a buyer, not a renter. And that's called payday one. And then on the back end, of course, we marked the house up a little bit and we got the benefit of all the principal pay down. So that's a lease purchase in a nutshell. Okay, so let's give them an example. So let's say I am, I work for some big company and I got transferred and I just moved, like I literally had a client who moved here from Massachusetts, from your neck of the woods. They were here for a couple years and then they literally, they weren't even finished literally unpacking all the boxes and they got transferred again to Connecticut, again, your New England neck of the woods. And so they're hoping that they actually get to stay in Connecticut for a lengthy period of time, but he got the whole, we're moving you. So that's the whole call. That's the, oh my God, I got to sell my house. I got to get rid of that. I don't have time. I can't wait six months. I got to move now, go work now in another state. So you're saying, instead of him saying, hey, there's not enough equity, I've only been here three years, I haven't accumulated much, I can't afford to pay a realtor, I don't have time to wait, you're going to make my mortgage payment, I'll be him in this example, you're going to make yeah. my mortgage payment for me, you're going to find somebody else who wants my house, the burden's on you, you're going to find somebody else who wants to buy my house, but maybe can't get a mortgage for 240 or 250 right now. Um, and you're going to take a down payment from them and put that money in the bank or do whatever you're going to do with it they're going to pay you more than my mortgage. You're going to pay my mortgage for me and keep the difference as your profit. And then obviously when they ultimately buy the house in a couple of years and qualify for traditional financing and get a mortgage, you get a big chunk of change. And if they don't, they can keep releasing it or you can find someone else and you'll get another down payment from the next person. Did I sort of get that right? Yeah, yeah, you got it right. And, it, and then, so people will say, well, the guy could just rent or you could just rent it. Yeah, and then you're a landlord with all the headaches that come with that. So this way, it's closure for you. You move on, and you know it's my butt. I got the house covered. So I no longer have to worry about, I don't have to worry who, if you're renting it, if you're not, you're on the hook anyway. It doesn't matter if the, your tenant trashes my house. That's not my problem. It's your problem. I basically outsource all of that, wipe my slate clean. I'm good, and the rest is on you. Yep, yep. And a lease purchase, you did it. Perfect summary. Okay, Awesome. So that's why a seller would want it. They get paid right away. They don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, and they're out of it, whether they got transferred or they can't make the mortgage payments because they lost their job or whatever that reason is. So let's do it from the buyer standpoint. Why sure. would I, um, and I snuck in one already, but you're going to say it again. Why would I, if I wanted to buy a house, let's say for 250 grand, why would I want to lease option it and rent to own it for lack of a better term, as opposed to just buying it outright like a normal purchase? Is this pre-virus or now? This is now. Okay. So I'll go, I'll do both. So uh, pre-virus, it was um, things like the reload that you did, but, but on the other end of it, meaning a buyer got reload or changed jobs and now needs to show the bank what the bank calls seasoning time, usually a couple of years. Uh, or they went through a bankruptcy, now they're fine, but they need two years of seasoning. Or they had a short sale or a foreclosure, now they need time. 
So when you the say credit. seasoning, I'm translating you into English for our folks yeah. who aren't as further along, haven't been doing this for 30 years. Yeah. So the people seasoning means, okay, so I had a bankruptcy and it's over, but it's going to be on my credit for seven years. So the bank may not say, hey, we're going to give you a mortgage right away. They may say, hey, show us a history of you making pay your payments every month for the next two years, and then we'll give you a mortgage. So this is a way to do that. Yeah, and some things so whatever drop, credit issues I might have. Yeah, and some things literally drop off the credit after time. So that's why I use that that time. Other things maybe, and this is very prevalent. And then we'll talk about the virus. Um, they need time to enhance their credit. You know, the credit might be five ninety, and they need to get it to a six twenty. Prior to the virus, it six twenty, six forty, and some other loan programs are available lower. Now uh, Chase and many others have pushed that bar to seven hundred. They just wiped out a whole bunch of great buyers in the 600s who now need a different vehicle to get them there and the rent owned does it for sure. Okay, so you should, if you're not already be marketing that obviously, um, and so should all of your students. So that's why a seller would wanna do it. That's why a buyer would wanna do it. Why do you, and you mentioned why you wanted to do it because there's the three paydays as opposed to how does that differ from, let's say, the most com the two most common models out there that people have been hearing about for decades in the real estate business was either I was going to buy it and rent it out and be the landlord. Why is this better than that? And why is this better than everybody's seen all the TV shows on HGTV and Bravo and E about flipping houses? Why is this better than, buy than being the landlord and the owner? And why is this better for you as the buyer than flipping the house? Yeah. Landlord owner, uh, when I put a buyer in the house, they're a buyer. My conversation with you as a buyer is, Seth, I'm not a landlord. You are acting, behaving like, and paying for this like you own it. You just don't have a mortgage yet. And, and they so they, they replace the roof, they clean the toilet, they do everything they got to do, and I'm not getting a call like a landlord would. Okay, so no fixing toilets or changing light bulbs or doing any repairs. No, and keep in mind, these are buyers, meaning these are not renters that maybe someday sort of think they have a hope to have a house. These are truly buyers, especially during the virus, who just can't do it now. Um, so, so they're okay, locking so in the house now. They don't have to worry that you're going to sell it to someone else, assuming they follow through. And they're locking in the price they're going to pay now. So if real estate shoots up, if they're in a hot market or the market gets hot, you're not going to raise the price on them. They've locked in that they're, they're, if they follow through with the contract, they're going to own the house and they know what price they're paying. Correct. 100%. Now, why not flip instead? Well, a couple things. Because of what you said, TV shows, et cetera, it's very competitive. There's little margin left on those deals, frankly, unless you find a needle in the haystack. But more importantly, it's one check. Like It's like when I was a realtor in the 90s. I did 100 homes, and every January, I'd bum out going, oh, I got to go do this again to make the same income. So it's one paycheck. Three is better than one. Yes, absolutely. More is always better. All right. So we talked about what it is. We talked about why it's different and why it's better. So tell us a little bit about how things have changed in the last month or so uh, with the virus. It's literally, Seth, like, the, like we flipped a switch. If you look at all our sellers that we had calls out to and all of our student sellers, they're all calling back going, I remembered you or I got an email from you or I got a text from you. Please help me. Why? Because all their buyers disappeared. The buyer pool shrunk to like, I don't know what the percentage is now, I used to say 20% can get financing. It's probably 5 to 7% of the population of buyers can get financing. So they're stuck. Now, even worse, if you have a house that's, that's in an area where it requires a jumbo loan, they don't exist. 
I've heard For our listeners who don't know what that means. What's a jumbo loan? Jumbo loan is uh, every area is a little different, but they're the higher end loans. So in my area, jumbo starts at like four thirty four. And so Buffalo, if, I a more, if I'm buying a house for more than four hundred thirty four thousand in your area, that's considered a jumbo loan. In Buffalo, it's probably cheaper. Yeah. So so varies. Even a Cal, let's say six hundred thousand, means the loan you're taking out, not the house price. The loan you're taking out, if it's at that amount or higher, it's a jumbo. And guess what? Chase stopped doing jumbos. So a lot of the banks stopped doing jumbos. That means if you get a million dollar house, unless someone has cash, you're not selling it right now, unless you do a deal with us. That's, that's a, it's an amazing amount of people right now. So I would imagine you are much busier and insanely more profitable right now, given those changes. Um, insanely more and more is yes. Yes, um, yes. We're at, we're right now we're at the, uh, whatever it is, the 20th of the month. And we've got 18 deals that were done in April so far with the associates, the, our community. Well, that's almost one a day. It's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. All right. So how did you transition and why did you transition from figuring, you figured this out, you started doing it very, very successfully. Um, when did you start teaching others how to do it? And why did you start teaching others how to do it? I actually got a request from, we, we live near a war college here in Newport, Rhode Island. Um, so there's military people going, going through that. So one kid called me, had heard about us locally and said, look, I'm getting out. I'm done with my tours to Afghanistan. I'm, I'm going back to civilian life, basically. Can you teach me how to do what you do? And that was at a time where I was just considering, do I teach people or do I go venture off and to do some commercial deals? Literally, that was my thought process. So that started the, the ball rolling. We've built now what we call the Wicked Smart Community all over North America and people doing deals. And I think, if I think back, Seth, the reason was there's like this gap, I call it, it's still, of a time where someone takes a course, and whether it's good or garbage, in the time they get to do a deal. Like sometimes they don't even do one. And so we've created something that actually holds their hands to do deals, which is totally unique, believe it or not, in the, in the marketplace. All right. So you started teaching others how to do it. That's obviously grown exponentially. You're helping lots of people. It's one thing to do it yourself. And then you systemize the process so other people could follow it. It's another thing to have someone who has no experience whatsoever pull this off, which you've done a whole lot of times. You've helped a lot of people and changed a lot of lives. Can you give us an example of one of your students and kind of how this has changed their life? I'll use a couple. There's, there's many, but I'll use a couple in Connecticut uh, because they came to us with zero experience. They were looking to buy either a multi-unit building or a franchise. That's kind of where they were. They're like, we, can, we need something better than jobs. And they found us. I think they found us on Facebook way back when. And one has left his job already. And the wife's about to leave her job. And they, they had no zero experience. I mean, you're talking life-changing literally out of their mouth, not mine, and to your point. Um, and so that took about 18 months. Not bad. Um, other people set a goal for more conservative and say, Hey, after two years, I got to replace X. And we, so we work on that for, with these guys, many of them. Okay. Absolutely incredible. And then tell us a little bit about the process by which they learn. Um, how are you teaching them? I know you've got different offerings at different levels. Can you talk just a little bit about some of those? Yeah, most of it is through Zoom, regardless of the level. So it's in, it's in Zoom. The different levels just mean our involvement. They're going to get taught the same skill sets. It's just then a matter of, is it a weekly group call where they have to wait and come on the group call? Or the other three levels are more, 
hey, Seth, as you get deals, I'm matching effort for effort. I'm jumping on the phone with you. You tell me if I got to call a seller or a buyer, whatever. I'm, I'm with you in the trenches as if we were partners, even though we call them associates. They're students. Okay. So it's different partners. levels of access, whether I take an online course and do it myself, whether I get to talk to other people or whether I get to work directly with you and your team. Yep, absolutely. And, and the biggest thing we get, you probably know this from knowing us, is yeah, but will I get support? Yes, that's why we do it the way we do it. And no one else gives it the, this level. They just don't. Okay, so that's why what you do is different and how you deliver it is different. Let's talk, a I mean, we've talked a little bit about the virus throughout. Let's talk about what are some of the biggest challenges you are seeing right now um, because of the virus? Challenges? Um, people's pivot to operating virtually. So, but I said to the students and it's happening because it's like worldwide, not in one little town. It's not someone's idea to go virtual. It's, oh man, I got to go virtual. So the sellers are walking around their home with a video camera. Right. So, you can't do, you probably can't do open houses right now, right? We don't do them anyway, but. No, I mean, just in general, like my local real estate agent, when we sold our first house, I mean, maybe we had 50 people come through the door and applying my marketing is why we got 50 people and I made them all come at the exact same time. So it looked like we had a rush of buyers, yeah. which obviously I can't have a hundred people through my house right now. No, no, no. So we're spacing even empty homes. We're spacing it like 72 hours just by the stats. Right. So it's, that's a challenge. Um, so that they have to go back to the house afterwards at some point inspection wise, and they have to rely on the state disclosures that the seller will tell the truth about the property. So you're not getting into a mess. Okay, so there's that challenge in terms of physically showing a house um, and the virtual aspect of that. What about, I mean, you talked about jumbo loans not existing. You talked about buyers not being able to buy traditional financing the way we always thought people bought houses. So that would increase demand for what you do and what you're teaching if people knew about it. And then um, obviously the government has cut interest rates to record lows, which how does that affect you? Well, so that two things. The buyers are going to need time and nobody knows how much time right now, right? I mean, the credit scores could stay up there for a year. Okay. So that demands that we get longer terms with our sellers. And quite frankly, just this conversation, the seller goes, okay, I got to wait longer. Like they get it. It's because again, it's worldwide, not one little market. So, so the buyers are going to have some uncertainty, but I'm telling you they're coming out of the woodwork and they're more qualified than they ever were because they can't go with to a bank. Right. So they're more motivated to look at alternative ways of financing their home purchase. Yeah. Picture. I, we had a buyer this week. This is, this is a good example. This week who called on a Connecticut home and said to Nick, I literally was going to close this week, but it wasn't the bank. The seller backed out and said, I'm not going to do anything right now. Like backed out of the deal. They have their down payment. They had loan docs. They were ready. They actually were overqualified. So they came to us. And so it doesn't matter how long I got to leave them in there. They're a great buyer. Okay. Fascinating. So what, with all that is going on, what advice would you give to someone who has never invested in real estate before and who's trying to figure out what to do to supplement their income and how to do it? Well, you set me up to give a very biased answer, but <laughs> I don't know of another niche right now. I seriously don't. There might be a few that, that you can do this in and, do it at least purchase. We didn't bring this up. The agreement is pre-printed with a $10 deposit and it never varies. So you don't need like these large deposits. You just need to get yourself trained. That's going to be your only expense and time too. But look, I mean this, if, if you have a job, if you're fortunate to have a job now, congrats. 
why not get something supplemental going so you don't have to worry about that ever, ever, ever. And if you lost your job, same thing. Let's jump on it together. Awesome. All right. So we know your time is incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate it. You bringing it back for the third time. For our folks who are watching or listening and want to learn more about buying on terms and how your program works, where is the best place for them to go to learn more? Uh, they can just go to smartrealestatecoach.com and there's a free webinar there. If they don't mind listening to me, go on for another 50 minutes with my New England accent. And we can give them a free book if they just say they heard us, Seth, on your show. We'll give them, it's not being mailed now like it usually is at our expense, but we can get it to electronic and audio. It's, uh, let me just give you the link. Yeah, that would be great. Go to free, S-R-E-C dot, I'm sorry, free S-R-E-C book dot com. Awesome. All right. Smartrealestatecoach.com and free srecbook.com. This has been Seth Green with Chris Prefontaine of Smart Real Estate Coach. Chris, thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you, buddy. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. Go check Chris out and we'll talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.